Luke chapter 22. I felt led of the Lord, and I don't do this as often as I used to, but I have felt led of the Lord several weeks ago to begin a mini-series. And I'm very careful because I know series of messages and sermons can get lost, but I I don't, I, I just, I feel like there's a message that God has been speaking to my heart that I need to speak to you. And uh, so we're going to begin this morning the book of Luke chapter 22. And I am going to read beginning with verse number 28. And I'll read down through uh, verse 32 or so. I'm going to be talking to you over the next few weeks about getting through what you're going through. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say it with me. Getting through what you're going through. And everybody's going through something. It may be a little different, but everybody is going through something. And it is important that we get through it. Amen. That it doesn't defeat us. That it doesn't destroy us. That it doesn't tear us down. But we come out on the other side better, stronger, closer to God. Walking upright with our head held high, God's going to be with us. Getting through what you're going through. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 28. He said, You are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appointed unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you. Everybody say sift you. Actually, it just in the original says that he may sift. That he may sift. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about when the sifting is over. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Getting through what you're going through. Life is full of ups and downs. I have lived 55 years. And in my 55 years of living, I have found one thing to be true of life, that it is not a fluid situation, that it is not flowing easy and perfect and everything the way we would like for it to. What we envision in our mind and what we dream of and hope for so often does not happen. Life is filled with change. Brother Jay mentioned that a little earlier, things change. Life uh, is always moving and changing. Our world changes on a daily basis. 
every time we wake up in the morning, we, uh, we, we don't know what new thing we will wake up to, a new discovery, uh, a new situation, a new crisis in the world, news that comes that changes how we look at life. It can happen in a day's time. But I think some of us understand that life can change even quicker than that. It can happen in an hour's time, in a moment of time, in a second Life can turn upside down. We, as one man said, we feast today and we have famine tomorrow. Today everything is going good. For some of you, just a few days ago or perhaps a few weeks ago, nothing could be better. Nothing could have been going more uh, perfectly. Everything was working out for you and then all of a sudden, that's turned upside down. And this morning, some of you are facing some things and you're going through some things in your life that you don't understand. And it's hard to make sense of them. It's hard to understand how it all equates. Everything works for you today and nothing works for you tomorrow. Things go your way today and then tomorrow nothing works for you. You feel like you live under a curse Life is just that way. It is filled with the unexpected. And uh, that's one thing you can expect out of life is the unexpected. That as soon as you think you've got it all figured out, they change the rules, they move something, and nothing works. I think many of us may be in battles now, but even though we are in battles today, we're still blessed. Amen. We are still blessed. There are some of you here this morning that are facing perhaps the trial of your life. You have never gone through anything as difficult as you're going through this morning. But when you really look at life, you're still blessed. Amen. You're still blessed. Many times you face obstacles that you can't maneuver around and you can't seem to go over But it doesn't matter. You're still a blessed person. And I am thankful for that. I am thankful this morning for everything that the Lord has done in my life. I am thankful for every victory the Lord has brought. And I am thankful for every blessing that has come to my life. I I stand here this morning humbled by the presence of God. As we were worshiping just a while ago, I felt that overwhelming sense of the nearness of God's presence in this building. And I was made aware of just how many things the Lord has brought me through and how often He has been able to secure my life and to keep me even when it seemed that I was going under. And I think that there are others here this morning. I I know there's got to be somebody else here that's thankful for what the Lord has done in your life. If you are, why don't you just take a moment and give the Lord a praise offering right now. You're just thankful for what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. He's kept me this far. He's walked with me thus far. He's been with me up till this point. He has stayed by my side till this morning. And I I just want to thank you, God, for what you've done. Amen. I I get excited when I look around the congregation and I see how God is 
bringing people along and, and lives. We, we go through change. This church is not the same that it was a year ago or five years ago. And I see different ones and I see how God has brought them through trial and brought them through heartache and brought them through suffering and brought them through loss. And, and they're here this morning. They, they may be bruised, but they're here. They may be a little battered, but they're here. They may have a cut here or there, spiritually speaking, but they're still here. And I, when I look at that, there's something in my heart that swells up and says, Thank you, God. Thank you for seeing us through. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you for always staying by our side. Amen. But I want to tell you what really excites me this morning. What really excites me is not just what the Lord has done, but what He's still about to do. Woo! I, I get excited. My, my imagination runs wild because uh, I know God and I know a little... Well, at least let me rephrase that. I know a little bit about God. And the little bit that I know about God, what I've already seen tells me that I am up to something, or He is up to something, and I am up for a great future. If I stay in His will and I walk with Him, God has something better. My best days are still before me. Amen. I don't believe in the philosophy that my best days are behind me. I, I don't care if you're 55 or 95. Folks, I'm excited this morning because the Long family is in Lufkin this morning. They went to get Brother Long's mother who is 96, 95 years of age and has not been able to be in church for months because of her physical condition. But Brother McLean, her former pastor, has gone to Lufkin and there, there's a church up there this morning. They're bringing Sister Long in and they're having a special service just for that woman, for her faithfulness to God. When I think about that, I think, God, if you could keep that woman for 96 years and she still have a praise in her heart, I think my day, my best days are still before me. I still believe God's best is ahead of me. Amen. There is no doubt in my mind, and I preach this so often, sometimes I feel like, that I, I, I sound like a broken record, but I, I feel compelled. I, I feel like God has put it in me to give to you that God has no doubt in my mind. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. There is one verse of Scripture that continually echoes in my spirit, and that is found in Jeremiah 29 and 11. When the Word of God said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. You ought to read that in another translation. You ought to read it in many translations because you see the fullness of what God is saying. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the purpose that I have designed for you. And I'm going to give you a good end. I'm not going to give you a frustrated end to your life. But he said, I have a good ending in mind. Does anybody understand this preacher this 
morning that God, I don't care what the picture is right now. I don't care how bad the scene may appear right now. I don't care that the enemy may be winning right now. God said, I have a plan for you. And before it's all over with, I'm going to turn this thing around and you're going to be on top in the end. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like that little kid that went to one of the first movie pictures and he he was so excited. I forgot what it was. It may have been Hopalong Cassidy or something, but they they uh at, at the beginning of the movie they had this uh emblem of the, the the um producer and the company. I forget which one it was, but it's the one that has the lion that roared. Anybody remember that? It, it, it began in that rhyme. And that line, that film started rolling and that it came to that part of the clip and that line, roar. And that young boy jumped at me. He said, roar, line, roar. Hop along's coming just a moment. That's the way I feel. Go ahead, devil. Make your play this morning if you want to. Open your mouth as wide as you want to open it. You can't get it wide enough to swallow me up because God said, I've got an end for you that's going to be better than your beginning. I've got a future for you that's better than your start. And you don't need to be afraid of tomorrow. You need to reach for tomorrow because it's going to be better than today. Praise God. Oh, yes. Roar, devil, roar. And he does. But God said, I've got an expected end. There's a planned end to all of this. It's not going to end in chaos and confusion. But he said it's going to end in purpose. How often we understand, though, the purpose of God. How often we misunderstand, I mean, the purpose of God. How, How many times in life do we become confused at God's purpose in our life? And I've thought about that many times. How, how could somebody read Jeremiah 29, 11 and not believe that God has their future in mind? How could anybody read that scripture or any other verse in the Bible and not believe that God had them in mind or he had their future in mind when he spoke those words? How could you read the Bible and not believe that there's a God who cares and has compassion and mercy and his desire is to lead us to a better place and make us better? How can you read that and not believe that? How can you read about the purpose of God, that God made a plan and he purposed to do certain things? How can can you read about the purpose of God and not believe that it's going to be fulfilled in your life? And I, I've wrestled with that thought at times. God, help. I, I, some of the most frustrating times in my ministry has been trying to counsel with people and convince people that God wants to be good to them. That God wants to bless them. That God wants to help them. I've had people sit in my office and I've heard all kinds of things and you've heard them too. And, and, and when you get through listening to all that, you say, okay, that, that's all right, and that happens. But let me tell you this. And you get through, and they just look at you with this blank look on their face like, how is that going to happen? The purpose of God is so misunderstood. And this is, I want to tell you why I believe the purpose of God is so often misunderstood in our life. That we don't see the hand of God. That we don't see the plan of God working out. Is because of the process God uses to bring about that purpose in our life. Everybody say process. The process. 
how God brings about His purpose. The things that He allows, the things that He stops, the doors that He opens, the doors that He closes, the things that He gives, the things that He takes away. We get lost in understanding the purpose of God because we are confused over the process God chooses to bring about His purpose. Everybody again say process. The reason that we become lost in the journey is because of the way that God's purpose is worked out in our life. In life, many times, and I I say many, I, I think I probably need to edit that and say in life, all the time, the process is as important as God's purpose in your life. How God gets you from point A to point B is just as important that He wants to get you to point B. And we get lost in that point B. We get lost in the purpose and we think, oh, that sounds so good. But we don't realize what we're going to have to go through to get there. We don't realize what might have to happen in our life for us to reach that place. We hear about the blessings of the Lord. We hear about the favor of God. We hear about God's goodness and God's mercy. But we fail to understand or recognize what we might have to go through in order to get to that blessed place. And we misunderstand or misunder, uh, we, we misunderstood what that was all about. And we, we think, oh God, surely if you bless me, I'm, I'm not going to have to suffer pain. I'm not going to have to go through trials. I'm not going to have to go through tribulation. And then we find ourselves in the midst of all of that and we say, what's wrong, God? What has happened to my life and what is going on in my life? It's because we don't understand the process. Everybody say the process. The process is as important as the purpose. How God gets you to that blessed place is just as important as the blessed place. And there's a reason. Because in life when you go through God's process and you go through God's purpose, how God works it out is as important as that He gives you a plan for your life. And everybody said amen. Thank you, Brother George. Amen. How God works those things is so important. It is the process that goes on in our life which we understand and we learn about God. We learn about ourselves. Anytime you go through a trial, anytime you go through tribulation or trouble or sickness or uh, anything that goes wrong in your life, when you go through that, you learn something about yourself. You learn something about who you are as a person. And then you learn something about God and His mercy. And more than that, you learn something about life. And when you learn those things about life and about God and about yourself, it helps you to get to that place where God wants you to be. And somebody ought to say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say it's still about the process. If life is going to be what God intended for it to be for me and for you, I am going to have to learn how to live through the process. So we're going to have to learn how to live through what we're going through. Amen. Things that you're going to need down the road are going to come to you in the process. Too often in life we are tempted to quit. And we are tempted to give up when the enemy attacks us. 
And when trouble comes or when we go through a trial, the first thing we want to do is say, God, why? The first thing we want to do is start crying and whining about what's not working in our life. We are made to think that something must be wrong or I would not be going through what I'm going through. And when we read our text this morning, it gives me a clear answer and a word that I need to give to you. And I need your attention on me right now, all right? I need you to focus on what I'm about to say because I can't help you if you don't hear what I'm about to say. But in Simon Peter's life, the Lord spoke to him and foretold what was going to come down the road. Now, God doesn't always do that for us. But I, in my own feeling, I believe God did that for him so that it would be an example to us, so that we would understand when we're going through something what it's all about. But Jesus foretold. He spoke to Simon Peter and he told him what was coming down the road, what was about to happen in his life and what was going to transpire. And he said, I am praying for you during that time that your faith doesn't fail you. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He foretold the future. And he said, Satan hath desired to have you. Have you ever stopped to think why the devil would want you? I mean, I, I've had a few conversations with the devil in my lifetime. Have you, any, am I the only one that's ever had a conversation with the devil? Anybody else here ever talked to the devil? I've had a few conversations. But why in the world would the devil want me if I'm as bad as he's been telling me that I am? Why would Lucifer desire, pardon the phrase, a scumbag like me if I'm all that stuff he's trying to tell me that I am? You're a failure. You're not worth the flesh that God put you in. You're not worth the breath that God gave you. You're just a miserable failure. You're a low life. You're just never going to win. You're never going to... If that was true, then why would he want me? Come on, folks. It doesn't take a genius to figure a few things out. I mean, if the devil is after you, there's a reason he's after you. Evidently, he's seen something in you that... This is a revelation... Could it be that the devil has seen something in you that you haven't even seen in yourself? And the devil, I don't believe the devil has, he's not omniscient, he's not omnipresent, he's not like God, he doesn't know the future. But I do know this about the devil, he knows me, he watches me, he observes me. And he can predict sometimes the future and he can anticipate the future. And what he saw in Simon Peter was a man that was about to impact his world. He saw a man that was about to tear the kingdom of hell upside down and inside out by one message that he would preach on the day of Pentecost. And thousands would turn away from Lucifer and they would come to God. He was going to preach a message and when Lucifer, when he could anticipate what was coming, he rose up against Simon Peter to try to stop God's plan in his life. And what did he do? The Bible said he's sifted him. Everybody say he sifted him. He sifted him. There is no way that you or I would be attacked like we are attacked at times if God did not have something wonderful in mind for our future. Amen. 
the question that is always at the forefront of the mind is we, when things like this happen is why would God allow something like this to happen? The first thing that I heard after the tornado swept through the eastern part of the United States earlier, some of the first things that I heard, why would God allow this? And, and people always argue that's the first point that anybody wants to go through, go to when something bad starts happening in a person's life or you go through a trial or you hit a hard time is why would God let this happen? Why would God allow something like this to happen to me? Why did the enemy want to sift Simon? He wanted to sift him because he saw a future that was bright. And he wanted to sift him because he saw a preacher of the gospel. And he wanted to sift him so he could snuff out that life before it ever got started. He saw something coming. He anticipated and so he worked to stop. Why would God allow this though to happen to Simon? Isn't there another way that God could bring Peter to that point? Isn't there another way that God could produce in Simon Peter the thing that he desired? God said, I'm going to let you go through the sifting. I, he didn't pray that Simon would be exempted from the sifting. He prayed for him in the sifting that, you could, that you'll make it through that process. Because it is that process that's going to make you a better person. The enemy is trying to keep some of you from where God wants to take you. He wants to, he, he wants, he will oppose you in every way that he can. He will rise up in every form that he can to stop you from accomplishing what God has purposed for you. He will lie to you. He will frustrate you. And he will even be allowed to sift you as he did Simon. But you need to understand the process. Everybody say the process. You see, when wheat is sifted, it is brought into the threshing floor. And there was a certain area in Israel where they had all of these large flat surfaces, rocks or, or, or timbers that had been put out. And they called them the threshing floor. And at harvest time, they would bring all of the wheat, the grain that had been harvested with all the stalks and all of the, the, the chaff and everything that was attached to it. They would bring it to these threshing floors. And then they would, they, they would pour it out on these large areas. And then they would take a pitchfork and they would throw it up into the wind. And the wind, which constantly blew in that area, would blow and blow the chaff away. And then they would pick it back up and they would, it would blow the chaff away. It would pick it back up and it would blow the chaff away. Until finally when they had got through with all of the sifting, nothing was left on the floor but the pure grain. Nothing was left behind but what was needed. Everything else had been blown away. And so God speaking to Simon said, Simon, you're about to go through a process where some things are going to be blown out of your life, but don't worry about that. Don't get frustrated. Don't get angry because something is taken away from you. 
Because if you're in the hand of God and you're in the purpose of God, if you go through that process, if you go through that sifting, only what you don't need is going to be taken away. Only what is not necessary or unnecessary for you to make it into that future that God has for you. And so he goes through this process. He is taken through the threshing floor. And in a sense, Simon's life is lifted up to the wind. And the wind began to blow. It was hard. It beat against him. It buffeted him. And Simon is reeling and rocking and rolling under the punch and, and the power of the wind. And perhaps somebody looking around wondered, oh, is Simon going to make it? Is he going to be able to get through this trial? I'm here to tell you Simon's going to make it. You're going to make it. And what you've got to understand is that the process you're going through right now may just be the hand of God trying to get some things out of your life that you don't need. We cry over spilt milk. We cry over things that we ought to be shouting over. Amen. We go through a trial. We go through a test. We go through some severe adversity. And things get blown out of, the, out of our life. We lose things. We lose things. We don't have them anymore. And we think, oh God, I can't make it. i got to have that. God said, no, you don't have to have that. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now. That's what I'm trying to show you right now. That if you'll just let me have my way in your life, I can take even the work of the enemy that is against you and I can use it for your good. I can take even the plans of the devil that would seek to destroy you and in the process of that plan, I can bring you out a pure, more perfect person than you were when you came into the trial because your fate is not in the hands of the devil. Your fate is not in the hands of what you're going through right now. Your fate is not in the hands of sickness or trouble Your fate is in the hands of God And God said I've got a plan for you I'm going to take you through this process Don't get weary with the process Don't get aggravated at how I bring about my plan for your life And so Simon goes through the sifting Thrown up into the air And the wind blows the chaff away And the grain falls back to the floor And over and over and over It is done until all the chaff Has been blown away He was sifted Because the sifting Would make him better Amen He was sifted Because the sifting Was good for him I want you to Tell yourself, you, I always ask you to turn to somebody. I want you to turn to yourself right now. And I want you to speak to yourself and say, you know what? The sifting is for my good. This problem, this trial, this adversity, this trouble that I'm going through is for my good. Everybody say it's for my good. What was going on in his life, what was going to happen to him was for his good. It was for his good. What was not needed in his life was going to be blown away. Can any of you really believe that this morning? That God is working things out in your life and, and if something gets blown away, it wasn't needed? If something gets blown away, it wasn't needed, it wasn't necessary? Through it all, Simon would be rid of those things that he did not need in his life. That's what the process can do. 
That's the purpose of the sifting. If you happen to be going through a threshing time right now, and I believe I'm talking to some of you that are, you feel like that grain that's been thrown, you feel like your life is just up in the air all the time. Just every day, just another day, life just throws you up. And you're at the, you feel like I'm at the whim of winds that I have no control over. Listen to me. Listen to me. You are not at the whim of any wind. You're under the hand of an almighty God. And whatever is blown out of your life is moved because you don't need it. And it's not necessary for your success. It's not necessary for where God's taking you. It's not needed for where God wants to lead you. You're not going to have to have that down the road. God's trying to blow some stuff out of our life. And we're doing everything we can to grab hold and hang on. And God said, let go and let me have my way in your life. If you would just yield yourself to the wind. If you would just let me work it out in your life. I could get rid of some junk that's causing you trouble. I can get rid of some junk that's ruining your life. Amen. I can get rid of some chaff. Read Psalms chapter 1 again when you go home today. It talks about the blessed man, where he lives, what he does, his attitude, his action, and the result of his life. And then it, it makes an about faith. It says, this is the blessed man, but the unrighteous is not so. The unrighteous is like the chaff. I think it's down about verse number 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The only thing the wind, the only thing the trouble can take out of your life are the things that you don't need to succeed in life. Now some of you don't believe that. But that's the word. Simon, Satan have desired to have you. And he wants you so he can sift you. He thinks he can blow something out of you. He thinks he can take something away from you. But the truth is, the only thing that's going to be taken out of your life is what is not needed. What is unnecessary. What's hindering you. What's keeping you back right now? There are people in this building right now that are, that are allowing some petty issues to hold you back of really surging forward in God and living for God the way you know you ought to and you can. And you're letting some petty... You know what you need? You need to let the wind of God's Spirit. That's what happens in a worship service. That's what happens when we come into the house of God. That wind begins to blow. And God allows that, that, that wheat to be thrown up in the and we throw ourselves up into the wind and say God get rid of everything in me that's unlike you get rid of anything in me that's not pleasing you get rid of anything in me that is taking away from my life and the chaff is blown away why did the enemy want him because he knew his future was bright and the reason that the enemy comes against you is because he knows that you too have a future. But through it all, Simon Peter prevailed. He prevailed and he stood. And all that was taken away and everything that he lost, everything that he lost during that time, it was for his good. 
Amen. It was for His good. Some of you are going through a time of loss right now. Amen. You're learning how to get by on less. Amen. You are. And you're thinking, God, I just can't do this. God said, oh, yes, if you'll trust your life in my hands, I can help you get by with less. Amen. There's some things that every time we turn around get blown away. And we keep grasping for it. If you happen to be going through a threshing time right now and things are being blown away, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. It's only chaff. I said it's only chaff. Only what you need will remain. And when Simon was through with all that he went through, what was left was a man who rocked his world. A man who turned his world upside down by a gospel message that he was able to preach. And to think that it all began in a sifting process. You may have lost some chaff, but you're all right. I said, you may have lost some things, but you're still here. You may have gone through a trial, but you're still here. You may have gone through some adversity. You may be dealing with some adversity right now. You may have cried, but you're still here. Yeah, you may be heartbroken, but you're still here. And what the enemy was trying to do against you worked. You thought I was going to say didn't work. But if it hadn't worked, there would be no wheat separated from the chaff. It worked. You say, how can that be? I just know this about God. He said, I can work all things for your good. I can take whatever happens. I can take whatever takes place. And I can work it for your good. There's still a place in your life for God's hand to work. And what the enemy was trying to do, it worked. It just blew out of your life the things that you didn't need. It brought you back to your knees. It brought you back to that place of consecration and commitment and rededication and service to God. And that is all that matters. Let's stand together. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind driveth away. If the wind blows it away, You didn't need it. If the wind blows it away, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't of God. When the wind stops, what you have left is enough to bring victory in your life. Amen. There is evidence this morning that the wind has been blowing through some lives. Hard, stiff difficult. Some of you are going through something right now that is a product of a past failure. And it's hard for you to get your hands around how that could come up or it could come back to life. But it does. Sometimes those things have a way of coming back. But you hear me this morning. 
if you will learn that the process that God's trying to take you through is just as important as the purpose. And that if you will yield yourself to the wind, if you will just say, yes, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but there's something good that has to come out of this. There's going to be some stuff blown out of my life that I didn't need. There's going to be some attitudes and spirits and desires and thoughts that, that have been hindering me. And I didn't even know it. But the wind is going to blow it out. The trial is going to move it out of my life. You think I'm going to give up right now when I understand that God's best is ahead of me? Do you think I'm going to quit this morning when I read in my Bible that what God has planned for me, no eye has seen and no ear hath heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man what he has prepared for them who walk uprightly, who love him? Do you think I want to give up now? Oh, I felt like it. I felt overwhelmed, and there's been times that I cried. And I cried and I cried. And when I got through crying, God said, all right, get up, wipe your tears, and look at what's left. And when I got up and looked at what's left, God said, that's all you need. Come on, let's go. Amen. I'm talking about a process. I'm talking about getting through what you're going through. Some of you are going through loss. Your things, there's some things that have been stripped away from your life. Things that you counted on. Hard winds have buffeted you. Don't, don't be afraid of the wind. The wind is not your enemy. The wind is your friend. The Spirit of God is not against you. The Spirit of God is for you. And all that wind will do, you just drive out of your life the stuff that doesn't need to be. That's why every service, young people, you need to give yourself to the wind of God's Spirit. That's why every service, mom and dad, you need to give yourself to the wind. That's why every time you come to the house of God and we come in here to worship, you need to open yourself to the wind of God's Spirit. Let it blow. Why? Because there's some things that are in my life that have been hanging on, chaff, stuff I don't need. I, I need it to blow it out of my life getting through what you're going through. It's a hard process and it's not easy to understand but if you just know this that God's purpose is important but the process that He uses to bring about that purpose is even more important. That ought to make somebody lift their hands right now and say, Brother Hughes, thank you for that word. I was about to give up but somehow this morning I feel like I I don't need to give up. I need to go on. I, I felt like quitting before I came to church this morning, but now I, I feel like I need to rise up again. I feel like I need to, I, I need to be thrown again to the wind. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me right now.